We thank you that you leave the 99 to find the one. We thank you that while we were criminals, while we were sinners, while we were terrorists, you died for us by giving us Jesus. We thank you that we are not missing you this year. We thank you that we have eyes that see, ears that hear. We thank you that we are sensitive to your leadings, to your promptings. We thank you for ideas in every area of our lives. We thank you for boldness, for strength. That you be executors of every vision, every burden, every idea that you give to us. We thank you for who you have made us in Christ Jesus. That you have made us ambassadors on today. You have made us reconcilers. We thank you that you call us your children, and most importantly, we thank you that you can call you our Father. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. We thank God for this opportunity, and gradually, gradually, as they would say, the year is, is boxing on, and I'm hoping that all the things we downloaded during our Left Alone period, we are diligently and religiously making the efforts to fulfill each of them. We are just finished off a series by Benji on forgiveness, and we are believing God for grace to forgive. He outlined the importance and it's to our benefit. We suffer if we hold on to forgiveness than the person we are deciding not to forgive. So tonight we just want to, hopefully this will be a short series, a two-part series. We just want to encourage ourselves. I remember somebody saying that just when we are finished dealing with, or we thought, or just when we are settling in with Corona, then Mr. Putin has come. So we just want to look at a series, a short series we title don't look at the wind don't look at the wind and it's going to be a story we are taking from matthew chapter 14 the verse 22 following it's an encounter jesus had in matthew chapter 14 verse 22 following and i read and straight away jesus was supposed to get into the ship and to go before him onto the other side while he sent the multitudes away and when he had sent the multitudes away he went up to the mountain apart to pray and when the evening was come, he was there alone. I like Papa Jesus. He was there alone. This year, have you been there alone before? You will need it. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. I think we should title it, Don't Look at the Contrary Wind, but it will be too long. So it is still, Don't Look at the Wind. But it's important for us to take note that these were contrary winds, winds going against the ship. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out of fear. But straight away, Jesus spoke unto them and said, I always say, I like the way Jesus addresses fear. Immediately, he sensed that the people were afraid. The Bible says, and straight away, I remember the story of, I think, Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. When he came to see Jesus for his daughter's healing. And on his way, there when the woman with the issue of blood came. So Jesus had to stop for a while. So as Jesus had to settle issues with the woman with the issue of blood, 
a message came from Jairus's house and saying, Do not trouble their master, for your daughter is already there. And the Bible said, As soon as Jesus heard this, he said, Have I not told you? Only believe. So it's interesting how Jesus always responds to fear. He does not take fear lightly. He does not take negative news lightly. He does not take contrary news to the word of God lightly. But let's, let's go on. He says, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And I remember when we did our first episode, who told you? He said the character and the characteristics of God's voice, or how does God's voice sound, is that it's a voice that never impacts fear. So immediately Jesus deals with the fear by letting them know that it is I. Be not afraid. And I love the man who would always talk. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee. And he said, come. Oh, I love Jesus. Let's just read it. And when Peter was come out of the ship, he was walking on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind, I like the King James Version. I saw this scripture so many years ago. I think I was in SHS. And I also used the King James Version. And when I saw this scripture, I was quite puzzled. Why King James used the rendering? He saw the wind. Because I don't think we see wind, but... Mr. and Mrs. King James waited for us. So that, and when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, I like the way Jesus responds to two things. When he sends fear and straight away, and when Peter prayed, immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, why that? Why this thou doubts? Mr. King James. And when they had come into the ship, the wind ceased. There's so much, there's so much to unravel in this passage of scripture, but we just want to focus on Peter's walking on the water and he's sinking. But at least let's just get some background or some um, things to cushion it up. So I started by saying of that Jesus' response to fear is something that we should learn. That immediately he senses an opening of fear. He responds immediately to it. And I think many a times we take fear for granted. We take terrible news for granted. We take bad news for granted. We take contrary news for granted. But throughout scripture, you will always see Jesus having a firm approach and a strict approach to fear that immediately he hears it or as soon as he hears it or straight away, Jesus likes to address fear. Because many a times we underestimate the effects of fear. And I remember how one of my spiritual instructors like to describe fear. He says that fear is like Oliver Twist. I think in the story of Oliver Twist, when Oliver Twist fell in the company of bad company, they had to get robbed, um, I think, in a particular building. And Oliver Twist was small enough to enter through the windows. And his job was to go through the window and open the main door for the thieves to enter. And that is what fear does. Fear is almost always the preceding spirit that comes. And immediately fear, just as Oliver Twist, is able to land into the compound of our lives. He opens the door to every other evil spirit. So when the bad news came to Jairus that do not trouble the master anymore, the Bible said, as soon as Jesus heard it, he said, hey, Papa, didn't I tell you, only believe. As soon as Jesus sensed fear in the disciples, the Bible said, and straight away he responded and says, be of good cheer. It is I. This is how we must always deal with fear. When the voice of the serpent comes to you like the way he came to Eve, 
do not negotiate with their voice because you would almost always lose the battle and that is what Eve failed to realize because when the serpent spoke to Eve Eve began to consider what the serpent said and as long as you begin to consider you would almost always fall and straight away Jesus said it is I and the Bible said, and Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is thee, or if it be thou, bid me to come unto the water. I like Peter. <laughs> hey, I like Peter so much. And look at the response of Jesus. He said, come. Jesus is not intimidated by our request. You know, I can just imagine if I was the one like me as a minister, I am performing some miracles or doing some healing. Then... Somebody comes that, hey, if this power is truly of God, um, give it to me or something so that I can also heal. I can just imagine myself giving some explanation that, you know, you must go and tarry in the presence. You must go and Charlie come up with some diplomatic religious answer. But Jesus said, and he said, come. God or Jesus is not intimidated by our request. He's not scared of feeling. So he did not try to negotiate with Peter. That Peter, you see, I am not sure of your faith levels. I'm not sure you are there yet. I'm, I'm thinking twice about you. But immediately, Jesus said, come. Now let's get to the main deal. And when Peter was come out of the ship, he walked on water. Hallelujah. Peter walked on water. We always give Jesus the credit for walking on water. But I think Papa Peter, Mr. Peter, Mr. Simon Peter, Peter also did well because he walked on water. And these two verses is what you want to consider for this episode or for this series. He walked on water to go to Jesus. And the verse 30, but when he saw the boisterous wind, he was afraid. And immediately he became afraid. He began to sink. And he cried, saying, Lord, save me. You just look at the verse 29. You see, many a times we lose sight of the fact that Peter walked on water before it started to sink and it is sometimes we walk on water without even noticing and to walk on water means we experience the miracles we experience the power of god we experience the favor of god we experience the move of god but sometimes we just don't notice it that is why for some few years i've begun to appreciate the taking of pictures not what <laughs> excuse me say what ladies do where now pictures have become their mirror. If you go to a lady's phone gallery, you'll just be bored. But I've begun to appreciate the need to take pictures. And I'll explain why. Because many a times we walk on water, we experience the miracles, we experience the sustenance, the power of God. But unfortunately, we don't recognize it. You see, sometimes God has a way of bringing us through the wilderness of life that you don't even realize that you were in a wilderness. You see, sometimes maybe just look back about how you God was able to take care of you. Maybe you are not from a well-to-do family, but never for once were you sacked school fees. Maybe you were even sacked school fees, but now you are a graduate. Now you have finished the university. And sometimes we experience these deliverances of God. We experience these salvations of God. We experience the walking on water moment. But because we are not noticing these things in our life, we take it for granted. So sometimes it will take you looking back for you to realize that, hey, I really did survive this. One day I was talking to a very close friend. I was telling her about how when I was in, um, I think, um level 200 i and two friends started a business and it was quite an interesting journey every coin every ounce everything of us went into the business and i was telling the person how at a point i had to use my hostel fees 
to settle some things for the business. And the lady was like, hey, so what did I do? And I just sit back and I look, how did I even pay back my hostel fee? I remember that time I couldn't tell my parents that Charlie, I'll use my hostel fee to do business. So I had to take like, like one quarter payment from a friend to pay down payment of the hostel. Then every month when my parents send me something, I'll be paying in bits and pieces, something funny. And I was telling this friend about the journey of my entrepreneurship life, <laughs> the business field. But I was just telling my friend about how I spent every single money, every single thing I had on the business. And I'm thinking, how did I survive such a moment? Because this was a case that I had to pay, I had to use my hostel fee. And you know the funny thing about debt? You always borrow money to pay borrowed money. And the cycle continues. And I just look back how for two to three years of my life, I was just paying back debts from a failed business. And yet still, throughout this season, I was living a very good life. <laughs> I was in the wilderness season of my life and I didn't even notice it. I was literally walking on water. I remember one time that um, the numbers increased. The first years who were coming, they became so much. So our hostels had to accommodate them. And you know, these private hostels, they are looking for every opportunity to maximize money. So the hostel manager called me and started threatening me that if I don't pay my full amount, she would convert my room. I was in two in a room into three in a room. Hey, where would I get money? <laughs> I reserve that story for another day. But how I survived that moment of my life is just amazing. God was literally taking me through a wilderness season and I didn't even realize it. It took me to reflecting on such a moment for me to realize that I was really working on water. I remember again how I, when my dad was seriously ill for about a year, we were moving from hospital to hospital, doctors to doctors, treatment to treatment. I remember several times sitting at the back of a car, waiting for one lab result after the other, waiting for one doctor's call after the other. I remember several times when we met in the house at morning to pray, to fast, to do all sorts of things. And yet still, my dad's state kept deteriorating. And it was at that season of my life, I had to also go to university. It was just a clumsy season of my life. And I just look back and I'm asking myself, how did I go through? I was literally walking on water and I did not even realize. So the first thing I want to draw our minds to the fact is that Peter walked on water. And I want you to appreciate that you have been holding on to God. Some of you, you don't really appreciate your struggles until you look back, until you take a picture. You sometimes when you take a picture and you look at how funny you dress in secondary school, I always tell people that right now we think we are, we, we know what's up, we dress well, we look good. I'm saying just take pictures now, even if you're in the university, even if you're doing your national service, even if you're working, take pictures now. And 10 years time, look back at yourself and you wonder, hey, was this me? I remember recently I went to visit my, my, my in-law and I saw, it was, not recent, it was somewhere last day and I saw his wedding picture and I was like, ah. When this guy was coming to rap my sister, I was saying, Charlie, he'd be fine, boy, you. But now I look at the picture frame on the wall and I look at the man standing there and say, Charlie, 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 what will we see? You see, God has a way of polishing us. God has a way of delivering us. God has a way of sustaining us. That sometimes we fail to realize. And because we fail to realize this, whenever we go into another season, of the wilderness or in other storms we fail because we have forgotten that the same god who took us through the first storm is the same god we have peter walked on water but this is now the real deal and the bible said something he was walking on water to go to jesus 
and the verse 30. But when he saw the boisterous wind, look at the sequence. Immediately he saw the wind. Immediately he looked at the wind. Immediately he recognized that there is a wind. Immediately he noticed the wind. Immediately he appreciated the fact that, hey, the winds are going against me. The moment he noticed that, hey, actually I'm walking on water. What happened was that he became afraid because now he took his eyes off Jesus and now he took his eyes off on the wind that is why this evening this morning this afternoon whenever you are looking at it the word of god to us is that do not look at the wind honey you are walking on water and if only you can keep walking on water with your gaze at jesus you will keep walking. but the thing is that we peter and just as many of us we took our eyes off jesus and now we began to notice how bad the economy is we began to notice that hey i am 20 something years i am 30 something years and i'm not married you look at you begin to look at your situation then you take your eyes off jesus and immediately you begin to look at the contrary wind immediately you look at the boisterous wind the bible says and the spirit of fear entered into peter and immediately fear entered sinking is inevitable you can be a 27 year old beautiful lady you are single of course you are making yourself available but you are not so bothered about your state until maybe you go for that dream and relatives begin to ask you hey bear man where is the man you may be okay about your situation until you go for a wedding and you realize that almost all your classmates are holding their first ball those who are not holding their first ball either have released their save the date picture or they are the ones whose wedding you are attending and you look at yourself even a friend to go for the wedding with you do not have immediately you begin to notice the contrary winds and you begin to remember how you told yourself that by age 24 i would find a boo or a babe you would date for two three years by age 27 you get married by age 28 and a half my firstborn kwami or kojo or deladem or abena or era by age 30 you begin to remember all the deadlines you gave to yourself then fear enters you and immediately you get to that point sinking is inevitable that is why today god has told me to remind you to remind myself that honey do not look at the wind because to look at the wind is to take your eyes off jesus you didn't realize that jesus was the one causing you to walk on water sometimes just look at yourself maybe look at the job you are in you may you see i remember i always give this example that up until now i and a particular friend we don't know how we survive on our national service man or allowance well of course you could see our responsibilities then and our responsibilities now have changed but then we just don't understand how with that 559 we could save <laughs> we could buy new phones some of us bought TV. Some of us bought air conditioning. <laughs> Some of us, we could chill every Friday night. And still, we would have enough money. But now that our salary is three times, four times, five times, six times that amount, it is difficult for us to save 20% of our money. Hey, up until now, it's a mystery that we are yet unable to unravel. People make their argument about, oh, the economy, things have become expensive, blah, blah, blah. The same thing, after that time too, things were expensive compared to those who were before us. But for some strange reason, we're able to sustain ourselves in that amount of money. And now that we have more money, Charlie, we are not seeing top. <laughs> but you see, the issue is, when you take your eyes off Jesus, you have no other option 
than to focus on the contrary wind. Immediately you are looking at the wind. You are not looking at Jesus. So how do you know you are looking at Jesus? You are not looking at the wind. And how would you know you are not looking at the wind? You are looking at Jesus. Because immediately you take notice of your situation. Fear would enter. Because you start to do math. I'm a young lady. I am 27. And I don't even have a beloved. So now the question is, when will I get a beloved? Only God knows if when I meet him, he'll be a, I meet the person I want me to be correct. When will I get to study him enough, pray about him enough, get to born? You know, all those things that <laughs> you young people do. Because <laughs> I'm a very young person. But you see, you just begin to do the math. And you realize that the 20-year-old deadline you give to yourself is almost impossible. And now you have to start downloading revelations on favor. How God will give you the spirit of Elijah hey, to overtake your enemies. <laughs> you just look at yourself. How you have finished school and you have not been able to land a decent job. And you just take note of that, hey, it has been four years. It has been three years. It has been two years. It has been a decade that you have not gotten yourself a decent job. Immediately you look at these things and you do the calculation. When will I find a good job to become a billionaire by the age of 40? So that me too, my name will be 40 under 40. When you begin to do the calculations, what happens is that fear would enter. And immediately Oliver Twist enters. The surety is that he's going to open the door for you to start sinking. So tonight, this podcast is addressing two groups of people. For those who are walking on water and for those who are sinking. I came to encourage you that if you are walking on water, honey, keep walking. And for those of you who are sinking, God has a word for you. Now, what does it mean to look at Jesus? Because we know that the only way you can walk on water is to keep your gaze on Jesus. And as long as Peter kept kept his gaze on Jesus, he experienced the miracles. He was able to walk on water. So just three quick points. But the preamble is that, as I said earlier, to keep your eyes on Jesus means that you are not noticing the waves. Because it's impossible to look up and down at the same time. You can try it and see. If you can look at the ceiling in your room or the sky above you and at the same time look at the ground, it is just impossible. So to look at Jesus is not to look at the way. So what does it mean to look at Jesus? It means is to keep your mind stayed on God. It means it to keep your attention stayed on God. It means is to keep your focus Stay on God. The Bible says in Colossians that if then we be risen with him, let us fix our affection on the things above. Now let's go to a scripture I love so much. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. Isaiah 26. I remember this is one of the favorite scriptures of, of, of one of my school fathers in, in secondary school. He loved this scripture so much. Isaiah 26 verse 3. He says, Thou would keep him in perfect peace. Those whose mind are stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Ha! Isaiah 26, verse 3. I read it again. Thou would keep thee in perfect peace. And according to the Bible scholars, the perfect peace, the rendering used there, or the um, this Old Testament, so the Hebrew rendering used there was shalom, shalom. So you can take a look at it. If you look at it, the Hebrew number is. H7999. I've encouraged us to have to download some um, soft copy Bibles that have strong numbers. 
And if we look at it, you said the same word perfect, which is shalom or shalom, is the same word translated for peace. So actually, the word is, he would keep you in peace, peace. And you see, when you study Hebrew language, you, you will notice that for them to show emphasis, they like to repeat words, both the Hebrews and the Greeks. That is why in the New Testament, you see things like, verily, verily, I say unto you, or truly, truly, I say unto you. So repetition shows emphasis. And I think for the English language, it is when they put an uh, exclamation mark, or maybe they underline it, then they are showing emphasis. So the scripture is saying that God would keep you in peace, peace, if your mind is stayed on thee, because you trusted in him. To keep your eyes on Jesus, it means you are trusting in Jesus. It means your mind is stayed upon him and the word he gave to you. Remember, Peter said, if it is you, bid me to come. And all that Jesus released was that come. And as long as the word come stayed on the mind of Peter, he was walking on water. So what is that word that God gave to you when you're starting the year 2022? The reason why you are looking at the contrary winds is because you are forgotten the word you got when you were when you were left alone with God. You are forgotten the arsenal God gave you at 31st night. You are forgotten the word God gave you when you were crossing over to 2022. That is why you are beginning to sink. That is why you are noticing at the wind. But this evening, this afternoon, this morning, God is reminding you that the word I give to you, let it stay in your mind. For if God's word to you is that I am your shepherd, you shall never want regardless of what is happening around you, regardless of the contrary wind that seems to be blowing hard against your ship, have it at your mind that the Lord is my shepherd. And as long as the Lord is my shepherd, I shall have no wants and needs in life, regardless of the contrary winds. And when you have the word of God stayed in your mind, what you would have as a result is peace, peace. You have a certain calmness about you, an unexplained calmness. He said he will give the perfect peace those whose minds are stayed upon thee. And you know, this is one of the reasons why Corona was Corona. I noticed that now I see I'm, I'm into science. And whenever I'm doing any article, review article, I, I remember one day I was telling my friend about this that almost every disease. You will research about you will look at the numbers and you are worried that for example malaria go and look at the number of deaths malaria causes globally in a year millions of deaths go and look at um coronary diseases millions of deaths go and look at funny and sometimes i remember one day i was researching on um choking those who choke was it like and you'll be shocked the number of people who die from choking but you see the issue is that all these diseases, imagine every day, WHO publishes the number of people who die from hypertension. So every morning, five people globally, or one million who globally died from hypertension. Then Tuesday, globally, 10 million people died from hypertension. You can imagine what they are doing. They are keeping the death of hypertension stayed in your mind. 
stayed in your mind. So that's one thing that made Corona deadly. Because every day they kept reminding us of the death tolls, the number of whatever, whatever, versus the number of whatever, whatever. So what the media did not realize they were doing is that they were keeping Corona stayed on our minds. And if Corona is stayed on your mind, it is not perfect peace that you will experience, but it is Corona fear that you will experience. If Corona is stayed on your mind, and I'm saying just do this research, just maybe the five main diseases you know, Google um, coronary heart diseases, Google hypertension, Google malaria, and you'll be shocked. Every day, 30 billion people, 40 billion, like, hey, if all these people are dying, who at all is alive? <laughs> But you see, people are not so scared about these diseases because every day we are not reminded about the death toll. Do you know in Ghana, for example, the number of people that die on our roads due to accidents? But imagine every day, DVLA and Ghana police is publicizing the death tolls we have. What are they doing? They are keeping the news stayed on our mind. And nothing aside fear would cripple us. And what happened with Corona is that it crippled us because of the fear it posed. It paralyzed nations, it paralyzed sectors, it paralyzed industries because of the fear it posed upon us. Those whose minds are stayed on him. And you know, that was what God did to Abraham. You know, at the point, God looked at Abraham and realized that this man, his doubting small, his faith is becoming. So one day, God brought Abraham out of his tent. And Abraham, come on, I want to show you something. And God says, look in the sky. Just as the stars are in the sky. What was God telling Peter and Abraham? God was giving Abraham an, a mental image to stay in his mind. And I think it's in Genesis 15. It says, just as the stars are abundant in the sky and the sun at the seashore, so would your descendants be. And it's interesting that after that experience, the Bible said, and Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him as righteousness. It was when God was able to give Abraham an image that would stay on his mind. So when Abraham was moving about the day and he saw how his servants were playing with their children and he had no child, all he had to do is to remember the image that God saw him. So if it's during the day and there are no stars in the sky, there are no visible stars in the sky, all he had to do was to look at the sand at the seashore. And if it's at night and he can't see the sand at the seashore, all he has to do is to look up. And whenever he sees the stars in the sky, it reminds him that the word that God gave him, I will make you a father of many nations. To keep your eyes on Jesus, to walk on water, is to let the word he gave to you. And for Peter, his word was come. The next thing to to do or what it means to keep your eyes on Jesus is that when Jesus told Peter to come, Peter actually responded to the word by stepping down out of the boat. What does it mean to keep your mind stayed on Jesus? It means to respond or to react appropriately to the word that God gave you. And the word for Peter is to come. And whatever word God gave you, respond to the word. You can't claim that God gave you favor and yet still when you are going to seek for anything, maybe you are going to seek for unemployment, you are going to pitch an idea to somebody, you are always full of timidity and cowardice. It means that you are not responding positively. 
Because if God has said, I have favored you like the favor I gave upon Esther, how can you approach an office? How can you approach a business partner? How can you approach an adventure full of timidity and fear? It means you are not responding appropriately to the word he gave you. So Jesus told Peter, come. And all that Peter had to do was to step out of the ship. Remember in the prayers we prayed for the year that he said that the last piece of the puzzle to experience the miraculous is boldness. So even though Peter had your Jesus, that if it is you come and Jesus has released the way, if Peter did not lift up his leg and step on the water, Peter would not have experienced the miraculous. I mean, the word that God has given to you, if you do not respond appropriately to the word, you cannot experience the miracles. You cannot. You cannot. And this is why sometimes people or God had to change the names of people. Because if you claim, Mr. Jacob, that you have wrestled with God and you have prevailed, why then are you still calling yourself a swindler? Why then are you still calling yourself a deceiver? So God said that you shall no more be called Jacob, but you shall be called what Israel. For as a prince, you have fought with God and you have prevailed. So the name change was a response to the word that God had given to Jacob. The name change from exalted father, as in Abraham, to Abraham, the father of many nations is the response Abraham put in place because of the word God had given him. And my question for you is that the word God had God gave you at the beginning of the year, what response, what cascading reaction has it caused in your life? You can't claim that God has told you that you are going to start something and you have made no effort towards achieving that thing. You're just going to stay in the boat. And you'll be safe in the boat. Now and then you'll be safe. But you won't experience the miracle of walking on water. You won't experience the miracle of walking on water. It's the same thing about Daniel and even his three Hebrew friends. Because the word of God gave to them as Israelites that they are not supposed to defile themselves. They were bold enough to tell the man or to tell the one in charge of them that give us vegetables and water. And they were bold enough to say, after 10 days, you come and do comparison and check who would prevail or who would excel. You see, because of what they had believed, they were bold enough to deny the king's food. And the guy was like, Charlie, if the king should see you lean and weaken, it's my job on the land. But they said, we will not defile ourselves because we know the word the God of Israel gave to our forefathers. Do you know the word God gave to you? You see, because let me tell you, the systems of the world, the economy of the world is going to beat against your ship. You see, I remember, I think somewhere last year, somebody posted a status and uh, it was like, um, private plane makers are complaining. Why? They have too many offers and they cannot meet the demands of the, the public or the demands that their customers are giving them. It was like in a time when everybody is losing jobs, in a time when you are complaining that Corona has done this, Corona has done that, those who make private jets, they are complaining that people are ordering for too many private jets and they can't meet their demand. <laughs> the same wind 
That is blowing. People are now making private jets. People have now gotten their money to make private jets. And you are still using the corona excuse. May God have mercy upon you. And may God have mercy upon us. To keep your eyes on Jesus means to respond appropriately to the word that God has given to you. And the last thing is that to keep your eyes on Jesus is not to consider, is not to notice the contrary word. Look at these three Hebrew boys. Hey, the king of the land has built a statue. <laughs> you know, as I was thinking about this message, I remember a time when I was in Jesus. I did something and Charlie, the teachers were threatening me. Hey, that's you. You could do this thing. They will call your parents. I will call your parents. Look, Sam, I will call your mother. You see what your father will do to you. See what your mother hey. I remember I was shaking like a leaf. Hey. Because if you call my parents, <laughs> I know I'm going to be in big trouble. So I have to go and talk to another teacher to go and apologize on my behalf. Oh, Charlie. But you see, the good thing in my situation was that the person who was going to go and report me was a teacher. So there was somebody higher than a teacher that I could go to to go and plead on my behalf. But when the king of the land is against you, and he has given a direct order, and it's not as if he gave it to somebody. Because after they refused to bow, they brought them to face the king. And the king says, I wanted to be sure that people are getting the memo. I have built my altar, or I have built my golden calf, and I'm saying bow down, and I'm not hearing your message. And the people were calm enough. Hey, the people were bold enough to say, oh, beloved King Nebo, we shall not bow. For the God we serve is able to deliver us. And even if he does not deliver us, these were people that kept their eyes on Jesus. They could not notice King Nebuchadnezzar. It reminds me of Daniel. When Daniel knew that he was sentenced to life in the prison of them, or in the den of lions, and they were carrying the guy to the lion's den, King Darius was sad. Because King Darius had now realized that he was framed. But this man, Daniel, was as calm as a chicken. <laughs> Chickens are not calm because they are mostly running. But this man, Daniel, was cool and calm. He was of good cheer because he was not considering the lions in the den. He was not considering the fairy. He was considering the one who he was serving. So I love what the king said. I think in Daniel 6 verse 10, when the king slept, the Bible said he could not sleep that night. So early in the morning, he ran to the den. And the first thing he said, that Daniel was the God whom you said able to deliver you. And Daniel said, oh king, oh king. I did not even notice that they were lions because the God I served sent forth an angel to shut their mouth. So what did, they, what did Daniel see? Daniel saw angels who had shut their mouths of, of, of the lions in the den. He did not consider the contrary winds. They did not consider the threats of King Nebuchadnezzar. All they knew was the word of God. How can I talk about life without talking about Mr. Joseph? Oh, all that Joseph could see were those two bizarre dreams. So when his brother saw sold him into slavery to the Ishmaelites, he was not angry because the only thing he could see, his gaze were upon the dreams he saw. Even though he was in the pit, all he could see was the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowing to him. 
when he was cleaning Potiphar's and uh, Pharaoh's car, well, sorry, Potiphar's car, when he was cleaning the kitchen, when he was scrubbing the bathroom, he was not perturbed that, hey, a whole Israelites like me, I am a slave in Egypt. He was not worried because the only thing Joseph could see was the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowing down to him. When Potiphar's wife was making an attempt, he did not even notice that Potiphar's wife was beautiful. The only thing that was on his mind, the only thing that was stayed on his mind was the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowing down to him. Even when he was sold into sleep, into prison, he was in prison for about eight years or more than eight years in those times. And you see, those times, their prison was not our prison. They were in dungeons. They were deep underground, underground. And all those times, when he was even the class prefect in the dungeon, all that Joseph could see was the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowing down to him. What can you see? The winds are blowing against your ship. The contrary winds are blowing. The boisterous winds are blowing. Do not consider it. As long as Peter only saw Jesus, ah, as long as Peter kept his gaze on Jesus, he was walking on water. No wonder the Hebrew writer encourages us that keeping your eyes on Jesus, do not look at the wind. I know... <laughs> Just, I think, early last week, I took an amount of money that I'm going to buy two things at the shop. So I went to the shop. I said, oh, please, I'm buying this one, this one, this one. And I gave some of the way I holding big money, I'm not afraid. Like, I just buy, oh, give me three, give me two, give me five. I just mentioned the number. So I gave the woman the money. And I didn't check. I was not calculating how much I if I have money there. <laughs> so the woman gave me change and it was coins. And I was like, ah. I don't know how much the thing cost, but I'm expecting a lot of papers in the chain. How come it is coins? And the woman started laughing. I don't know, no, no, how much is this? So we did the maths and everything was in place. I'm like, so this big money I'm taking, just these things I've come to buy, the whole money is finished. And the lady in the shop just burst out in laughter. She said, hey, you don't know what's going on in the country. I just laughed. I said, hey, so right now this big money is meaningless. After buying these two small things, it is finished. <laughs> but you see, the thing that my gaze is not on the economy. My gaze is not about the floor prices. My gaze is not about the contrary winds. I know they are blowing. They are hitting hard against my ship. They are hitting hard against my pockets. They are hitting hard against my situation. But the issue is that I'm only considering the one who says I should come. So the Bible says that looking unto Jesus. So I am not looking at the race, the tracks. You know, when you are running, you must be looking at where you are going, or that you go and stumble in somebody else's lane. But just as Hussein Boots, he looks at the finishing line. He looks at the line. You see, I remember those times we are playing football and we have small poles. And if we are going to penalties, sometimes you want to get stand behind the pole if it's your your teammates about to play so that you can give your teammate a focus, something to gauge and to place the ball. And that is what Jesus is to us. He's our focus. And if only we can keep our eyes on him, stop noticing the winds. We know you are not married. We know that the deadline you gave to yourself is not yet, you have, you have passed the deadline. Do not consider the winds, but let your mind be stayed on Jesus. And as long as your mind is stayed on Jesus, 
he would give you perfect peace. This is just the part one, God willing. And we'll take it up from a time in the wilderness about a practical situation that happened and the solution that God gave was to keep their eyes on Jesus. We just want to spend some time in prayer and we're just praying to God to help us. Father, we know the winds are blowing. Hey, the contrary winds are blowing hard against our ship. Father, it is scary. It is boisterous. We know that they are hitting hard. But thank you that Jesus is in the midst of our storms. And the Bible said, and when they saw Jesus walking on water, they were afraid and they were saying, hey, it is a ghost, it is a spirit. But Jesus spoke and said, be of good cheer, it is I. And Peter said, if it is you, bid me to come. Lord, this is our prayer to you. If indeed you are in our midst in these storms of life, hey, if indeed in this sort of chaotic, we don't see our head in the tail, we are finished school, we have not been able to land a decent job. When are we going to get enough money to get a decent accommodation, to be able to have a decent wedding ceremony, to be able to afford a decent school for our children, to be able to afford decent life? Father, the storms are blowing. But if indeed you are in with us in the storm, Give us a word for this season, Lord. Give us a word for this season, Lord. What is your word for this season? Lord, I am at this age. I wanted to get married at this age. Not because society is saying it, but I personally want to get married. But Lord, I am trusting you in this storm. Lord, I'm trusting you in the storm of my finances. Lord, I'm trusting you in the storms of my health. Lord, I am trusting you in the storms of my education. Lord, I am trusting you in the storms of open doors. If it is you, Lord, bid us to come. If it is you, if indeed you are in the midst of our storms, Father, give us a word. Give us a word for our storms. Give us a word for the contrary winds. Give us a word for the boisterous winds. Give us a word, Lord. And when the word comes, may we step out of our boots because you have said, Hebrews says that because he has said, we can also say, I will never give you nor forsake you. We thank you that you are our ever-present help in times of trouble in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. We thank you for such refreshing words. And I really want to encourage you that it is still our year that the word that God gave him, he was not confused. He was he's not being blindsided by the situations going around you. He meant the word he gave to you. And if only you can keep your eyes stained on Jesus, you will keep walking on water. Thank you for being with us. This is about our 99th episode. Gradually we are getting close to 100 episodes. God bless you. We invite new people to join us. Even as we believe our minds not with worldly wisdom but with the word of God. See you next week and remember we are still giving God our very best and we are only no man nothing but love. Bye bye.